Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of DevOps Unbound. Uh, DevOps Unbound is a bi-weekly video series sponsored by our good friends at Tricentis. And uh, we discuss relevant topics in DevOps uh, or regarding DevOps. This is our last show for 2021. It's hard to believe we've been doing DevOps Unbound now, I think for about a year and a half, but this year went really quickly doing two of these a month. So we probably did about 24 or 25 of these during the year, and uh, it's been great. Uh, we picked, you know, sometimes you save the best for last. We picked one of our favorite panel, uh, you know, uh, panel configurations for this one, featuring three really, really good friends of ours who I personally like to have on my shows and, and talk because they are, they're smart and they always have great things to say. Let me introduce you to them. I'm going to kick it off with my friend Stephen Chin. Stephen, of course, is from JFrog, um, but Stephen, why don't you introduce yourself a little of your background? Yeah, so um, I'm VP of Developer Relations at JFrog. Um, been doing DevOps before it was even, there wasn't a cool name for it. And um, I, I think that the evolution of, of what we see um, really has gone from something which which was bleeding edge. We were just figuring out how to release continuously, get processes, um, get collaboration with operations to something that every company is doing. And it's just a matter of figuring out the right tools and processes and, and dodging the latest um, open source supply chain security attacks. So yeah, glad to be here. Hey, Alan, Thank I know you. it's not my turn yet, but I have to jump in that uh, Stephen's name henceforth shall be Neo. <laughs> he does look a little matrixy, yeah. Well, bit. you know, the new movie coming out. You it's have coming to... out. I went to see West Side Story, but I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to The Matrix. Next up is my good friend, Tracy Reagan. Tracy uh, from the CDF, from Deploy Hub, and other places as well. Tracy, welcome. Give us a little background. Thank you. I want to first uh, thank the TechStrong team for inviting me here and uh, Tricentis for uh, really sponsoring these events. I really appreciate being part of these panels. It's a lot of fun. Yes, I am uh, Tracy Reagan. I am the CEO of Deploy Hub. Um, my background has been in, um, we used to call it ALM, SEM for my pretty much my entire career. I started, you know, as a programmer who got drug into learning to write build scripts. Um, I was one of those kids who liked to pull things apart because I wanted to see how they fit together. You know, one time I pulled my mother's stove apart. She wasn't very happy about it, <laughs> but it was really cool to figure out how it worked. <laughs> so well, I've, always been I've always been interested in how things are configured and I am pretty much a configuration management, um, uh, you know, a specialist. Thank you. I, I hope, thank God it was, it was an electric stove or a gas stove? It was gas. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> well, you made it through. You're here. Survived. So I guess it didn't end too well. Well, I, I, our third panel member is also a favorite of ours. We've been interviewing him and following him around from organization to organization. It's our friend Brian Dawson, who's with the Linux Foundation. Brian, introduce yourself. Hey, Alan, thank you for having me. Always a ball. As a matter of fact, you not only interviewed me, we've I've sat in your chair. We swapped out the interviewer yes, chair at Times Live at conferences. Um, but yeah, as Tracy said, I always love talking with this group. It's perfect at the end of a year while things uh, this year haven't been perfect. We've been on an upswing after 2020. Some cool things have been happening. My background is um, as a developer. I like to say I'm a technologist. 
Um, and my career is largely focused on optimizing software development and delivery all the way from the tools or technology level, working on GPUs at Sony, um, up to the human level as I've engaged um, around what, is, as Steven said before, it had a formal name, this DevOps um, space. So I've had the privilege of working from QA to development, to services delivery, to sales, to marketing. So so, so I'm proud of the fact that, that I've developed a one 80 degree uh, panoramic view of what the software development and delivery process looks like. So, um, you know, I'm DevOps at heart, Alan, and, and I love to Absolutely. talk and, and through and through. Yeah. All right. Last but not least is my co-host for DevOps Unbound. He's the CTO here at TechStrong Group, as well as principal analyst at TechStrong Research, Mitchell Ashley. Hey, Mitchell. Only thing I'll add is my... Uh, Deconstruction of my dad's tube-based GETV did not go so well going back to <laughs> I didn't become an SRE or SS admin. Yeah, or a TV repairman for that matter. For that matter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Mitch, you got a new TV out of it, probably. <laughs> yeah, 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 we yeah, did. That was one good part. Mitchell, Mitchell's still paying for it, but yeah. Um, anyway. You know, guys, so the, the topic for today's show is kind of how lucky we are to have DevOps, right? And have, what a role DevOps has played in this whole digital transformation and this whole journey that we've been on. Well, we've been on it for years and certainly over the last year or two, it, it's, you know, digital transformation has become imperative. And, you know, the question is, could we have done it without DevOps and, and has DevOps done what we thought it would do, should do, and could do, and what else needs to be done. And I'm, I'm reminded, I, I just published a, a new article. I've been writing again on DevOps.com after a while, and I published a new article, Reflections, a DevOps Christmas Carol, where I'm visited by DevOps, the ghost of DevOps past, present, and future. And, uh, you know, thinking back to when I started DevOps.com, to today where, where I, I see titles, you know, has DevOps hit the wall? Is DevOps still relevant? Do we still need DevOps to what the future may hold here? And, um, you know, I'm old enough to know that reality never matches the hype, right? And when things get overhyped, over that that's, creates an even bigger gap from reality. Right, the more hype it gets, the more the bigger that gap is. And DevOps was hyped like few other things I've seen in technology over the years. So of course there's a gap. But as we sit here today, you know, I'm interested in my panel. What do you, what do you folks think? How you know how um, how relevant, how successful has DevOps been in helping? digital transformation in, in achieving maybe some of the goals that we all thought were possible, breaking down silos and stuff like that. I'm going to go in reverse order and I'm going to ask Brian, if you don't mind kicking this off. Um, no, I'd love to. Uh, I look as we, there's some conversation that we had a little earlier, probably before, you know, broadcast started. Um, we still have a long way to go. So, you know, to, to, to make no illusion that uh, the journey is complete. Um, but I'd say it's been extremely helpful. Now, of course, keeping in mind that digital transformation is kind of this broad swath of space 
That means more than just software development and delivery, even software development and delivery based um, um, activities. But I'd say that DevOps has directly helped with the pace and the continuity at which we can deliver the innovation required from DevOps transformation, but it's also helped in a lot of other areas. Um, you know, a few C's, it's helped with the C-suite. It's helped with culture, building a culture of collaboration. It's helped drive a focus on customers. Um, and as you said, ultimately it's helped build connections on multiple domains, not just with the, the, the direct software development and delivery contributors, but other stakeholders like business and technology right, or the company and customers. So I can go on with alliterations, um, you know, calling out um, how DevOps has contributed directly and indirectly, and I think it'll continue to do so. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to live up to my, um, my Neo reputation that Mitch gave me. <laughs> I think you're going to go in the matrix. <laughs> yeah, I'd be a little bit controversial coat. here. So um, maybe, maybe DevOps is over because now that, now that we have, cloud computing, now that we're moving everything to architectures, which, which require less, um, um, less hands-on maintenance, um, are, maybe, maybe we're done. I think the new machine overlords, which have AI automation, observability, they're taking care of things in, in our new digitally transformed cloud infrastructures. Do they, do they really need DevOps to be successful in the future? Absolutely. I think I just saw a rabbit hop by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I think DevOps may, uh, as a term, as a specific thing we focus on, may decline. But I wouldn't overemphasize necessarily the traditional operations component of DevOps, right? You are still going to have to um, conceive, plan, package, deploy in whatever form that takes, um, I do expect, though, Stephen, um, as, as cloud-native development matures, um, yes, there's less infrastructure management. Um, yes, eventually, I think some more things will be inferred in terms of packaging and deployment. Um, but there's always going to be people making software, and there's always going to need to be a culture of DevOps um, to bring that to fruition. And there's always uh, going to be a team of people who have to manage that. And, you know, let's visit our the ghost of of DevOps past, we've always done DevOps. Um, we've just never named it. Uh, I mean, I, how many times in my my earlier part of my career was I called because we had production problems and I was on the application team and because I did the build and I understand the deployment. I was the one that got called. It wasn't the, the, the it wasn't the operation side of the house for my application. Now, what digital transformation has done, it has turned us into, uh, you know, we're not managing applications so much anymore. In the future, we'll manage components. So everything will be component driven, including pieces of the, of the infrastructure. So when we think of an application now, it's going to be a set of components. It's going to be your microservices. It's going to be your database updates. It's going to be your key values. It's going to be updates that you need to make to your your your, your your namespace or your pod, or even at the cluster level, if your team owns your own cluster. So we're going to continue with having a conversation between the development teams and the operation teams, but the development teams now are going to be building components. So maybe we call it co-ops instead. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad, right? <laughs> maybe we'll, it'll, it'll, it'll turn to something else, but we, we still have the role and a trusted partner on the development side. Now we call it an SRE mm -hmm. and somebody on the operation side who has the correct 
user access if they if they need need that to to pull the pieces together. I think it's harder in a digital transformation because it's component driven. We're not managing a monolithic and we're not putting it on a server. To be quite honest, that was a lot easier because you know every team had their own collection of servers and don't, don't mess with it. They knew all of the pieces and parts and the operation team would tell them, hey, we're going to do an upgrade on Windows. Is that okay with you? And they'd say yes or no. So it is changing. Um, digital transformation has a more um, moving parts to manage and the role of DevOps I will continue. We may change it. We love our acronyms. We love our fancy names. We totally do. We're a really geeky community when it comes to that. But when you boil it down, it's the same thing. We're just calling it different and the and really the job changes as the as the underlying technology shifts. Yeah, and I was I was being a little bit um uh, confrontational, but again, visiting the the ghost of Christmas past. Um so, so I worked, I worked in a company where, um, we basically had everything running on a onsite mainframe, full tape backup system, um, like, like, you know, complete, this was the data center of the, the eighties. <laughs> and, um, we, we had a really strong operations team. And when we, when we started moving to the cloud, they were, they were all afraid that they were going to lose their jobs. Like they were like, oh my God, like we, our, our jobs and our livelihood is maintaining this, this um, data center. And um, what we did is as we moved to the cloud, nobody lost their jobs, their jobs changed, right? Now, rather than them flipping tapes and managing systems physically, what they ended up doing was maintaining, observing, keeping that um, 24 seven operations and supporting the development teams um, on, on remote servers. So I think that the, as, as you said, Tracy, as technical folks, we keep changing our jobs, changing the acronyms, changing the titles, but um, we, we continually find ways to add value. And that means reinventing ourselves, learning new technologies and transforming ourselves as we digitally transform. And which is why I've always loved this industry because I get bored with things really easily and you can't get bored here. You know, I think I think the idea you mentioned the we love our terms and our names. I think we've gone from DevOps being the shiny new object, the the squirrel moment, to to something that to your point, recognizing that it is things that we've been doing for a long time. But I think the difference is, I think it's elevated. Sort of the rising tide lifts all boats. I mean, to me anyway, I, I have had more confirmation of things like testing is being risen in its visibility and is seen as in its importance. We talked about observability and tracing and SRE. You know, when did developers talk about that stuff? Never, right? And and those are hot topics. Those are great things. And so I think it's really helped bring people in and elevate what all are, are all the important functions when we started DevOps at a place that we aren't going to need those things because the developers will do them all. So to me, that's that's really what's fundamentally changed. And if it may, on the flip side of that, Mitch, it just triggered like, you know, but uh, when is the CEO and the C-suite common out commonly been talking about mean time to recovery, right? And 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 mean lead time, right? And uh, 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 key metrics around the software development and delivery process. And I think DevOps has really helped with with um, building a bridge to establish an important conversation, not only between Dev and Ops, but between 
the engineering teams in the business or technology and business. And that'll be a lasting um, impact. Um, I do want to say, I, I love Stephen transforming ourselves while we digitally transform. Such an important component of it. Uh, spirals within yeah. spirals. Yeah. Um, so, so, guys, a couple thoughts. First of all, you know what? Old technologies never die. They just fade into the woodwork, right? They fade into the stack. And that's what I think's happened with DevOps is it's part of the stack. It's a given now. It's not cool necessarily. It's not new. It's not, oh my God, is it real? Not real. You know, that was part of this dev ghost of DevOps past. I, eight years ago, I was fighting with people whether or not there was such a thing as DevOps, right? And, and, and is it only for big enterprises or is it only for startups? Is it only for developers or ops? And, and, and what the hell does security got to do with it, right? To, to paraphrase Tina Turner. But, uh, you know, so here we are, all of that, we don't argue about that no more, right? Fundamentally, it's helped. It's, can, would we have SREs but for DevOps, quite frankly? And has DevOps transcended just that, I forgot, not Kathmandu, I forgot what the official Wikipedia thing says. But the, the, the bringing together of Dev and Ops, you know, so you, you have a bigger function of Dev and Ops that, has, that includes security, includes some business function, certainly includes, you know, is SRE part of that? Is, is how tightly linked is cloud native with DevOps? Observability. Is that part of this kind of DevOps way of life, if you will? You know, down here in, in Florida, a lot of the boats have salt life. I don't know if you guys are familiar with salt life. You, you see it stickers on all the... It's about people who are into fishing and that whole boating ocean life, right? You know, it's DevOps life. Yeah. Right? It it's is. DevOps it's a it's a big it's a family we're, these are not the more that we begin to understand that the whole process is one big family i mean the the whole devops movement really tried to push it you know we we started creating um families within application teams you had sre who is now the trusted partner to operations who was working closely with the development team an amazing shift that we should have done a long time ago but there were so there was such a wall between dev test and prod that those silos it was you know it was it just wasn't a seen that you could break those silos down. They're broken down now. We need to keep those silos down. We need to continue breaking them down where they are. This is why we have trouble with doing continuous deployment from testing to production, which we have to fix. Come on, people. We have to get that done. But it is a big family, and we're never. that's never going to change. That is always going to be the case, regardless of what we're writing, regardless of the technology, whether it's low code, whether it's uh, you know microservices, whether it's serverless, we still have a big family. We still have to do, worry about security. We still have to worry about testing. We need, we need to automate all the pieces and parts. We need to do centralized logging and reporting so everybody has visibility into everything even before it goes out to production. So while we see, you know, the term DevOps is might be getting a little tiring. I actually, there's too many ops in my world. There's ML ops and there's GitOps. Everybody had to add ops after DevOps got popular. But whatever it is that we do, it's a family function. And the more that we see each other as a one cohesive group and not in silos, the better off our end users will be because we'll be able to deliver a much better product 
faster and really deliver the business agility that our end users are demanding. Have you been talking to my wife, Tracy? I want, I just, I'm buying a new boat. <laughs> I wanted to name it Sea Ops, and she said enough ops. No, don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> don't it. That's we enough ops. Name. It's enough yeah, ops. Enough ops. You have yes. enough back problems, Alan. That's not yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stephen, I, I want to throw it back at you, though, Stephen. You know, JFrog has this notion of liquid software, software without versions, right? Yeah. Can you so, have liquid um, software without DevOps? So um I, I think when you when when you look at kind of where we're where we're going with this, um uh, we early on at JFrog, the we developed the notion of liquid software, which was a continuous flow of software delivery. And um really this this is getting to what DevOps accomplishes, which is DevOps accomplishes cleanly taking software and new releases and then streaming them out to production. And um, if you think about that as the, the problem space, there's a whole bunch of other things which enter into it. So we've, we've talked about how do you observe the systems? How do you continuously deploy to the systems? How do you maintain them in cloud architectures? And I think the, the biggest one, which is, is kind of hitting us all in the face right now, is how do, you, how do you secure these systems? How do you make sure that you actually have security across the entire pipeline? And um, I, I think that the past couple of years, we've seen a huge acceleration, not only in, in DevOps and digital transformation, but also our, our attacker, our hacker friends have been really bored at home. <laughs> They've... Um, actually made a lot of advances. So we've seen in the past year some, some huge supply chain security attacks, um, which basically have transformed the way which we look at security as an ecosystem. And I would, I would argue that if, if you have folks who are getting so good at infiltrating our systems with clandestine um, um, open source uh, malware attacks and other ways of breaking into operational systems, DevOps is basically a fundamental requirement for how you secure your systems. Because if you're not doing continuous deployment, if you don't have um, very short times on releases, if you're not able to respond quickly, if you don't have your developers also looking at security information, how can you possibly secure things? And our, our research team just found a huge new exploit that they, they published a couple of days ago in um, NPM, where they found a bunch of heavily obfuscated malware um, done by folks who who obviously are well-funded, very smart people, um, and very hard to discover. So, I mean, these sort of attacks now are moving up the chain and it's affecting our development life cycle. So annoying. So annoying. They never miss an opportunity. So, so is that good? I, I did that whole thing without saying SolarWinds once. Yeah, Great. no, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, well, I'm not going to say it either. So, but you, but you're 100 percent correct, Stephen. This is this this continuum that that we find ourselves in. You know, look at an organization like the Linux Foundation, right? Brian, I know you're you're fairly new to Linux Foundation, but how long is the Linux Foundation? What, didn't they just celebrate? Was it their twentieth birthday? Well, so that we just celebrated the thirtieth anniversary 30th. of Linux. 
right. the, the foundation, um, which was which came out of the, the merger of two other open source consortiums, has been around for about 17 years. You know what? So we weren't talking DevOps per se, or by name, 17 years ago. But, you know, yet Linux Foundation remains relevant with CICD Foundation and CNCF, even the open mainframe, right, with Zoe and stuff like this is DevOps is, has squirreled its way in it literally into the foundation, well, no pun intended, <laughs> uh, of this whole thing. Right. Yeah. No, there is. So um, so I've given a talk recently about how about the reciprocal relationship between DevOps and open source. Um, mm -hmm. And when you, you know, even go to DevOps days and read the blurb on the founding, why DevOps days was founded. And it calls out that it was inspired by open source um, uh, uh, methodologies. You go look at the Cathedral in the Bazaar by Eric S. Raymond, and you look at some of the tenets of open source development, and they directly um, um, uh, uh, align with um, the tenets of DevOps, right? So, yeah, when you look at when you look at Linux and you look at the founding of Linux, first how how the concept was brought to bear um, publicly and collaboratively. You look at um, the process for driving kernel development, keeping in mind all of this was sort of in advance of the Cathedral and the Bazaar, if I'm getting my timeline right. But there's been a tight, tight relationship. Now, we've seen an interesting shift even within the foundation itself, right? So the Linux Foundation has, has always provided key services to impactful open source projects, right? From legal to, to CICD infrastructure, as we now call it, a release infrastructure, um, 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 domain services, web services. Um, but we also realized kind of out of this modern DevOps movement that um, we need to enable self-service software delivery to our open source projects. So hopefully every open source project can scale to be Linux 30 years down the line. So we've created a tool set um, called the LFX platform, right? And that is all about everything from giving transparency, transparency into security and security fitness and the ability to remediate it for software developers. But when we talk DevOps and other stakeholders um, or, or the cloud native movement to being able to secure our infrastructure with the click of a button, right? So, you know, not only have they fed in and inspired each other in the past to get to where we are today, but open source and DevOps are still tightly paired together as we move forward into what's next. Yeah, and speaking of um, the Linux Foundation, um, one of the one of the new efforts which you guys have recently kicked off the um, Open SSF is also something which Tracy yes. and I are yeah. are both um, involved in. So JFrog, JFrog just upgraded to a premier sponsorship. Oh, nice. Um, Deploy Hub, I believe, is joining soon as well. And um, I think if you if you look at kind of the the focus of the Linux Foundation, I think they they do a really good job of being on the on the the bleeding edge of where the industry is headed to and the sort of problems and challenges which we all need to solve in our software delivery pipelines. So um, I think if you if you look at the Continuous Delivery Foundation, which Tracy and I um, have both been on for a while, that really solves a huge problem in the DevOps space to get your software deployed 
And looking at OpenSSF, this is, I think, kind of the next frontier is how do you secure your software pipelines? How do we help open source projects upstream to improve their security to avoid the sort of um, vulnerability attacks I was talking about at NPM, JS, and also um, PyPy, we found a bunch of big security holes in. So how do you, how do we secure these critical services which our entire software pipeline is on and underlies our DevOps infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. You actually highlight again. We I talk about the DevOps Trinity. Sorry, Mitch, um, but OpenSSF, the Linux Foundation, and then ultimately LFX kind of model the people, process, and tools portion of it. So I'm sure you and Tracy are aware. Um, that out of OpenSSF is also going to come further development of Alpha and Omega, um, right? The process of Alpha identifying um, vulnerabilities and then Omega, the process of, of and I'm going to you know, fuzz it up a little bit, of actually, you know, in a, in a repeatable way, re- remediating them. And so it's bringing people together, establishing a process and then putting tooling and technology in place to help support that. And then bringing data together. Um, You know, we are now in a phase of software development that we can turn data into intelligence. uh, And that's where I get excited. That's what Deploy Hubs, we're hoarding as much data as we can about all these different components. Because the more we have, the more data that we have, the more intelligent our DevOps process can be. We should be at a place right now. I mean, the the CDF is working on um, an event-driven CD pipe kind of a, a listener to integrate with CD pipelines, we should be able to take data and start making it more intelligent, just like the LFX tools out there. There's a ton of data in that. So if we look at the, the you know, the, the ghost of Christmas futures or DevOps futures, um, I'm betting on really using some of this data and turning that data into DevOps intelligence because it's time that we do that. We don't have to do everything manually. We don't have to make decisions manually. We can, if we can create self-driving cars, come on, we can create a self-driving DevOps pipeline that can make good decisions and we get out of the whole approval process and the gated processes. So our software is really liquid and data is gonna allow us to do that. Mitch, you're on mute. What's amazing about data is there's secondary and tertiary uses of it. I mean, we've done some research around governance compliance. We already have seen measurable results of their recognition of having that data, access to that data is impacting their ability to, to respond to compliance issues as well as reporting. You know, I think there's something else that's really happened that's, I think I felt the sort of change in the in the in the force if you will and that's open telemetry another uh, you know links foundation project here, you know here is an open source project not just changing the industry because a lot of people are using it so it's in widespread use it's people there's there's our wonder dog here it's it's because actually the vendors are banding together to saying that's we're not going to have proprietary agents that's not where we're going to differentiate this is something we can all benefit let's really add value in where we add value instead of everybody doing the same thing and forcing 30 agents to run on every app every system but it, it's very cool to see something become that widespread and i don't know if it'll be linux brian yeah. but it kind of has that all right it's got that kind of momentum yeah wow and we need to be able to have, you know, when it comes back to data, which is, I, I think about it all the time, and I'm totally a dreamer. Imagine if, you know, JFrog found a vulnerability that everybody needs to know about. How do we know who's using that? 
Wouldn't it be awesome if we could just blast out to every single person that's been impacted, every single application that's been impacted and say, hey, you got a vulnerability and it's happening right now. We need to be able to get to that. It's totally possible to do. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say, Tracy, um, first, I got to go back because just in my mind, when you spoke earlier, I thought Sister Sledge, I have we are family running in the back of my head. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, sounding a little nebulous, you know, I do think what DevOps has given us in terms of digital transformation and where we go back to it being similar to open source or Linux Foundation or CDF is is kind of uh, the, the, the bus. Um, It's kind of become the connective tissue across um, related functions. Um, And and it'll change, it'll morph, different processes will plug into it, tools, technologies, et cetera. But it's about that connection that we've made. Now, Tracy, that was triggered by, you know, what if we knew we used data and captured data to know who was using components that vulnerabilities were exposed in, which then um, um, leads me to, I don't know if people here are familiar with um, SPDX, um, an open implementation, an open collabor- collaboration around an implementation of a software bill of materials, right? This is, um, again, a concept um, that has been around forever, at least in terms of bills and bill of materials. Um, I know years back, many companies were struggling with delivering commercial solutions to to uh, capture the components and the steps and the activities across um, the software development lifecycle. And here we go, we get a bunch of um, invested individuals coming together and de- de- defining a true standard of, of, of SPDX that then gives us a common framework to go out and start to capture that data. Now, as I clumsily trying to loop it, which, which then St- Stephen, you know, empowers us to deal with this next challenge, security, right? Um, um, empowers us to bring things like open SSF to bear more universally. So uh, I'm kind of talking myself into it, Alan and team. I'm like, yeah, has DevOps helped digital transformation? Absolutely. Absolutely, it's right. Does, I think, will it continue to play the role that it has? It will change and it will continue to be more and more important, but it will change. I think it's part of our DNA, right? It's part it has of how to, we do things now. Yeah, it, it has to change. But right now, everything's based around monolithic. And that's, like I said, everything's moving. We're slowly moving to component driven. No more monolithic. Links are done at runtime. Ah, it's the scariest thing ever. <laughs> and I think to, to Stephen's point, JFrog talking about software being liquid, I think it's all liquid. The stack is liquid, the tool chain, all of that stuff. Sort of this idea of, um, you know, it's this now and it'll stay that way for the next two weeks. Now it's probably not. We'll pick any point in the software stack or the tool chain. I think it's a very dynamic world we're in and entering into. No doubt about that. I, I will tell you one thing, though. As I sit here today, right, the end of 2021, what got me into DevOps eight, nine, ten years ago was security. I really thought it was the best hope for security. It was our last best hope, Obi-Wan, right? And as I sit here in 2021, I still think it's our last bad hope, best hope. I think what we've done in DevSecOps and, and security in DevOps has changed the equation in security. 
It already has. It will continue to do so, and we will do more. And things like the Open SSF are great. Yeah, and it'll it'll continue. It'll continue. Yeah, we needed it ten years ago. Yeah, it's 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 starting. It's happening now. It's happening in a much broader way. People are thinking about it in, um, you know, security. uh, Security started with an auditor, right? Somebody who occasionally went through and audited or wanted to see if you had an S-bomb um, in a build, it was pretty minor, um, but we have grown a lot. And even the change, even Kubernetes, Kubernetes and microservices obviously off- offers a, a new level of security. Poly databases offers a whole different level of security. So it, our whole infrastructure and the way we're writing software uh, is going to improve security. But because it's so many pieces, it's going to be harder to manage. All right. So I think we found the answer to um, to why we still need DevOps in the age of, of cloud transformation and uh, automated machines and all this stuff. Because um, guess what? Those machines have a lot of viruses. <laughs> and we need, we need DevOps. We need to shift left with security. We need things like the OpenSSF to, to be able to address those, to be able to, to release patches, release fixes for vulnerabilities to, to transform our processes. So yeah, I think you're, you're in a good spot, Alan. Maybe, maybe CEOPS wasn't such a bad name. Oh, I oh, no, it was already shot down by the boss. So, I'm, you know what I mean? I, I had a great logo picked out too. It was SCA with the O as a gear, PS. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. No, she, it's done. That, that, that ship has sailed, no, no pun intended. Um, anyway, guys, we're about out of time. You know, we're going to do a live roundtable. On, on a similar issue, sort of has, how, has DevOps hit a wall we're going on. That's coming up. Check out uh, DevOps.com to register for that live roundtable because if you agree, disagree, have comments on this out in the audience, you'll have a chance to participate in that live roundtable. So we, we welcome your participation in there. But for now, hey, Brian, Tracy, Stephen, First of all, thank you not only for today, but for your support throughout the years in all that we do here on TechStrong and TechStrong TV and DevOps.com and Container Journal, Security Boulevard and the rest. Uh, here's to a, a happy and safe and healthy holiday season and new year in 2022. We look forward to having you guys all on again and, and continuing our conversations. Thank you and likewise. Thank you. Yep. Thanks Thanks you guys. everybody. Mitchell, you want to just happy new year, everyone. Mitchell, you want to wrap? I I think we got a great wrap. I think this, I can't say anything better than these folks have. So period. All righty. Hey, many thanks to Tricentis for sponsoring DevOps Unbound. Um, We will be back with more Unbound in the year to come, as well as this live roundtable next week. But for now, this is Alan Schimmel and we're out.